Welcome to the New Britain Herald and the Bristol Press Stories of the Week. My name is Catherine Shen, and every week my fellow reporter Matt Hornick and I will take you through some of the newspaper's most compelling stories. We will bring on guests to share their insights and further highlight the best reporting being done in our newsrooms. In this episode, we are joined by Joe Arsimowitz, who is the head football coach at Berlin High School, and he chatted with us about his thoughts on losing the football season, what he hopes to see in the future, and how students are dealing with the pandemic. And I'm here with Matt with another week of our podcast, and we're here to talk sports this week. Are you excited? I'm very excited, Catherine. We spoke to Berlin head football coach Joe Arsimowitz about, I mean, uh, the struggles that uh, every football team in the state went through with losing a football season after thinking they might have a spring season, but that was uh, announced to not be happening uh, by the CIC earlier this month. And it's been a rough time for football players across the state, and we just talked about what he's been experiencing with his team, the implications of it going forward, and it was really interesting. Right on. And I mean, it's not really my area, but I always like chatting about it because you learn more and I feel so bad for the kids. So without further ado, we've got um, head coach Joe Arsimowitz with us today. So we're here now with Joe Arsimowitz, head football coach, Berlin High School. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you, Matt? I'm good. I'm good. So I remember I saw you at the protest at the Capitol in September. You've, and you've gone through this whole journey from not knowing if there'd be any fall season to seeing if that uh, seeing all the other school sports rather get a fall season to thinking you'd have a alternate fall season in around now uh, to finding out there's no season. I mean, what is what's that whole whole process sort of been like for you? It's been I can only imagine a pretty uh, bumpy ride. Yeah, I mean, it's been hard for as a coach, right? There's a lot of work that goes into the football season. It doesn't just start like, hey, we're playing games. It starts way before that. And uh, for us as coaches, it was incredibly frustrating. We come up with a plan. We spend hours, sometimes days. We plan out every minute of every week only for it to be shaken up and changed around at the last moment. So we went through that. And that was really hard. But I think our heart broke for the kids. Um, These are seniors that some of them have been playing football since they were seven years old. Uh, that always dreamed of their senior season and senior night and walking out with their parents. And then it was all evaporated. Um, so I think that's the biggest frustration now. Um, I understand it's COVID. We can't control it. But, you know, we really felt as though we would have had an opportunity come the spring. And uh, our seniors lost that. Well, I'm glad you mentioned frustration. I think that's that's the all-around phrase that everyone's been experiencing, especially in the school system. So, um, from from where you're standing, what how is it affecting the players? I mean, this is such a big deal for them. Like you said, they're seniors who've never had a chance, or maybe they're younger, and now they're going into season without a lot of practice. What is what kind of effect is that in in terms of a, a more bigger picture look? So I think for the student athletes that are going to be uh, thrust into the varsity scene next year, it's going to be very difficult. Um, The learning curve from youth football to freshman football to JV slash varsity is huge. Um, And they're really going to be, you know, struggling to stay up with it. Um, But the seniors and, and others, I think this whole remote learning aspect of it all has had, uh, 
real detrimental effects on the kids. Um, I have kids that were, you know, fairly good students. Football kept them in check because we check our progress reports. We follow up with the teachers. We do all the things that we need to do to ensure that the players are doing the right thing. And uh, without in-person, without us seeing the kids, I know there's probably five or six athletes that would have been seniors next year that currently are not going to be eligible to even play in sports. Uh, so not only did the seniors this year lose their senior year, uh, the juniors who were expected to be seniors because of individual struggles with it probably aren't going to step on the football field next year because their grades just, some of them had zeros for the first two quarters. Um, they've disengaged. And I know if it's happening in Berwyn, it's happening more so in some of the more urban areas. So I don't know what football season will look like next year. I, I really don't. I think the, the perennial powerhouses, if you will, will have good seasons, but towns like Berlin and, a, and maybe a Killingly or, or, or a Bloomfield that are smaller towns, not a ton of athletes to choose from, um, but always find a way to put it together through hard work of the kids and the coaches and experience, uh, I think it will be a different football season. I spoke to uh, a student athlete, a football player today, who, and he mentioned how uh, neighboring states like New York and Massachusetts have their alternate seasons starting up soon. Does that, uh, what do you think has been the main uh, difference in Connecticut that's held up, upheld football season or not upheld the opposite of that? Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I, I firmly believe, and I, and I think I said it that day at the Capitol, if not to you, to others, that our window period was August, September, October. Um, our numbers were some of the best in the country. We came up with a program that would have made it fit. I understand it was a political hot potato between the Department of Public Health, the CIAC, and some of the superintendents. But that was our opportunity. Um, and other states did it. I would sit home on a Friday night and I'd turn on ESPN and I'd see you know high school football from all over the country. Um, and now it's even more frustrating because all the studies are coming out saying there's very little, they're actually encouraging schools to go back full time because there's very little evidence that school causes any of the transmissions that we've seen in other places like meatpacking plants or things like that. The schools just aren't doing it. Um, so I think it was a combination of fear versus science. And uh, I think the other states are doing the right thing. Um, I, for one, am the type of coach that would have altered my fall season if we did have a fall season last year to allow for baseball or to allow for lacrosse that didn't get to play and I think it's you know it's disappointing at some level when you hear administrators or coaches or or others say well we lost our season last year we deserve to have our complete season this year all right so is it about your season or is it about the betterment of all the kids in the state and I, th I think we could have found a way to make this spring work. Are you seeing a difference in reaction between the athletes and their families and everyone else? I think everyone's reacting to it very differently. Um, some tend to be more cautious while others are sort of either moving out of the district or out of town or even out of state to be able to get the chance to play. Are you seeing a, a drastic difference in how they feel about the situation from, from your perspective? Yeah, and, and, and I think it has more to do with all the safeguards that we put in place. Uh, we did face a lot of questions in, in July, uh, still questions in August. 
And then when we're talking about the upcoming season, there was even more questions by our parents wanting to know how we're going to protect the kids, what the cohorts look like, what we're going to do as coaches. And I think we really did uh, make as much changes as we could to make the kids and the parents more comfortable. Um, so I think they're all okay, uh, but I am seeing two other sides. I am seeing the more quote elite elite athletes. Um, I'll probably lose two or three to prep schools this year because it's just too uncertain. And some of them are leaving now to get a head start with their new teams. Um, and I'm also seeing other kids just dropping out of the sport. I really played the whole time. Last year's break and COVID concerns for this year, they're not coming back. Uh, we've started our workout program, our off-season workout program, again, very, very carefully and following all the precautions. Um, normally, we'd have 40 to 50 kids in the gym. Uh, I think Monday night when we started, we had 22. So it, it really is having an effect. How was the uh, seven-on-seven and the lineman drills received from this fall season? It, it, it was okay. Uh, we were one of the towns that started with the passing league and the lineman challenge. It was something for the kids to get together and, and run around and be kids. Uh, as far as having it replace a regular season, it wasn't even close. Uh, we decided to go the independent route. We were fully preparing. And then we had one of our players who actually tested positive that shut us down for 14 days. And then soon thereafter, and it was not connected with football at all. It was outside of football and nobody else on the team was uh, 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 tested positive. So it shows all of our precautions worked. But with the 14 days, by the time we came back, it, the state was essentially shutting it down anyway. So, uh, yeah, our kids got a little bit. I think we did three weeks of passing league and lineman challenge. Well, they, they got a little bit of play, obviously not enough. And, and you mentioned that everyone's going into remote learning and everyone's kind of pivoting according to the challenges. What have you been able to, to do with your kids um, virtually or, or maybe like, um, I know a couple of people have been doing like, I'm on this street and you're on the other street and let's pass the ball, things like that. Um, are there any you know, innovative ways that you guys try to keep yourself challenged and keep yourself fit and at least just kind of try to have a good time? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we do the Zoom calls, especially with a lot of the young kids coming in. We'll do the Zoom and we'll do kind of chalk talk and talk things through. Uh, we'll send some videos over to the kids that we as coaches see online and we think they may be beneficial. Some of the coaches are cutting up film from two and three years ago, sending it out to the kids and the kids are watching it through their huddle accounts. Um, as far as uh, getting together playing, uh, let's be honest, the kids were doing it. They were doing it. They were going to the local fields. They were throwing the football around. Uh, they were playing tag football. Their kids are going. They're going to play one way or, or another, and that's why I was so strongly in support of the season because they're going to play at least when we're there. They're following the protocols, um, and we're just just started working out again on Monday with all the protocols put forward by the CIAC. And you know, there's a lot of ground to make up. I think one of the coaches sent a text to me right afterwards wow, this layoff, just putting in some of the basic numbers of where kids were before and where, they're, where they are now. And we actually had a couple seniors that are never going to really get to play their senior season came in and, and asked to work out with the young guys too. So I think that's the other part that's missing is the transition and the passing of the torch from one senior class to the underclassmen. Um, so we're trying to figure out how to replicate it. Luckily, two of our players stepped forward and said, well, we're going to stick with them all the way through workouts so we can talk to them that way. That's really great. And 
So you've mentioned how it's been a bizarre, what you've seen so far with the workouts. And you mentioned how that there's, you're not sure what the next football season is going to look like. Do you think it's going to be more of a challenge in terms of teaching playbooks or, or executing on the field? I, I think it'll come down to the execution here in uh, uh, Berlin. We're lucky. Uh, we do a, a uniform playbook from the youth level all the way up to the high school. Um, it's not the exact stuff, but the terminology, the types of uh, defense or offense is very similar. So the kids will come in understanding. Uh, but anybody who's been around any sport, uh, when you go from the youth level to the high school level, to the varsity level, to college, to pro, uh, the speed of the game, uh, it changes drastically. And I always say, you know, when you're playing football, years two, one, you're just, it's warp speed. It's a blur, no matter what level you play. Year two, year three, it's starting to slow down. You're getting a general idea of what you need to do. And then your fourth and fifth year, it's like, okay, I understand this. Now I can concentrate on executing it at a high level. And I think that's what's going to happen is we're going to have a lot of uh, players that have not experienced the speed of the game that are still seeing it in a blur and asking them to execute at a high level uh, is going to be very difficult. I mean, there's so much unknown um, in the future. And like you mentioned, you have no idea what the season's going to look like. But, are, you know, are you hopeful for for something good ahead or what are your thoughts on that? I'm the perpetual optimist. So, yeah, I am hopeful. I, I, I think we'll get there. I know uh, a lot of the high school football coaches have gotten together and they're putting proposals to the CIAC of allowing coaches to uh, coach for some of the seven on sevens maybe do a camp to where, you know, uh, I know some of the colleges off of the camps, but the coaches aren't down there coaching, uh, the college coaches are. So in some cases, if we can get down on the field with the kids. And I really think we should start early. I think in August, you know, right at the beginning of August start time. So that way, you know, it, let me go back. One of the arguments that was given to us of why we couldn't play when I believe we had that window to play is because the kids essentially went from being at home, remote learning, no activity, and to get acclimated into football shape would take two to three weeks. So if we know that, and that was the issue last time, and typically with the warm weather, people being outside, we didn't have the positivity rates that we did. If we start in August and we start to become concerned that we haven't achieved the herd immunity or we haven't gotten enough people vaccinated and the season may be at risk, we can start early. Um, if we just follow the same path as last time, start at the normal time, and we get the same argument, oh, they need to get acclimated. You're not starting your season until the middle of September or late September. And if something goes wrong, there's no ability to uh, a change or adjust your schedule. So we're hopeful, um, but ultimately uh, the, the CIC, the superintendents will have the final say. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add about how uh, you've experienced this or anything you'd like to see going forward involving uh, just how sports are handled uh, in a pandemic? Yeah, I mean, I really think we just have to make the decisions and move forward and you make the best of them. You see everywhere dealing with it now, whether it's the NFL, uh, whether it's NBA, uh, high school basketball now is getting ready to tip off. Um and I think all of us as coaches need to put that, look, we're all competitors, right? We didn't come into coaching simply because we love to show up 
and uh, just have a good time. We like that too, but I like to win. I like to win a lot and I'm very competitive. I put a lot of time into making sure that I put my athletes and myself in the best position to win. But we have to remember that these are high school kids and we should be flexible enough to allow for them to enjoy the experiences of the sports that they played their whole life without getting turfy about it. Like I said, I would have adjusted my fall schedule in a heartbeat. Tell me I'm going from eight games to four so baseball can have a eight game season, I'm all in. Or lacrosse can have an eight game season because they can play more than once a week and we have a four. Sure, it's fair for the kids. Uh, so I, I just hope if we're going down this path again, that we as adult leaders and role models uh, put our egos to the side, our competitive desire to the side and really do what's best for the kids. Well, Joe, thank you so much for joining us. Good luck with the future of your football team. Uh, again, we really appreciate you coming on to speak with us today. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. And thanks for you guys doing what you do, keeping folks informed, especially about high school sports in the state. Yeah, doing our best. Thank you so much. Thank right, you. Thank you.